This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, before we get into this, I just want to wish you all a very, very happy Thanksgiving if you were listening to this on time. Happy Thanksgiving 2019. Now, here's the thing is every Thanksgiving that I've done this podcast, I think this is the second or third in a row, I think about trying to do something unique using the Thanksgiving theme and talking about the settlers and the Indians and and all the different things that are therein. But there's a lot of other podcasts that do that. And so I'm not going to even try, right? So I am just throwing in the towel before I even try to do something unique with Thanksgiving. If you listen to just about any other podcast, you're going to find somebody that's doing something cool about Thanksgiving and the history of it and all those different things. I'm going to leave that to them. But before we get into today's content, I just wanted to thank everybody for their tremendously positive feedback for episode 104 of this podcast called Your Foxhole. So that is a podcast episode that has really struck a chord with a lot of people. I've gotten a lot of emails, a lot of texts, a lot of people that are just kind of reaching out and, and they're wanting a, a little bit more information about a foxhole. And, and I went fairly deep and I talked about a lot of different details in that podcast. But the thing about it is, is every now and then I'll spend a lot of time on a podcast. I'll put it out there and then like no one really talks about it. So it's like, it's really, really cool to me or it's a really, really concept, good concept to me. But then I give it to you guys and you're like, yeah, it's fine. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Kyle. And then you just kind of move on with your life. But with this one, like I spent a lot of time on the Year Foxhole podcast and I did kind of push it back a little bit. There were some things that came up in the news, you know, the, the Kanye West album came out. And so I kind of pushed this episode back, pushed it back, pushed it back. And then I just released it because it can basically be, be released anytime without a whole lot of context. But I'm, I've just been astonished with, with y'all's overall feedback to it. And guys, if you've got feedback on that episode or really any other episode, please let me know. This is how I'm going to continue to put out content that is of relevance to you because I, I want to make sure that it kind of meets my standards for what I want to talk about and get out there to you. But then in addition to that, I don't want to talk about things that y'all don't care about. I want to talk about things that are going to make you better. I want to talk about things that are going to make your community better. And this is, this is a big thing for y'all is, is having a foxhole, having a group of guys that you can depend on. I just got an email from a guy. I don't have permission to share it quite yet. That's not why I'm sharing it right now. But he was talking about how he's got a lot of 10 o'clock guys in his life. And you know, when I first read, I was like, I don't really know what that means. But a little bit later in the email, he explains it. He's got a lot of guys in his life that he could call and ask for help until about 10 p.m. After that, he doesn't really have a whole lot of guys, right? He doesn't have a 2 a.m. guy, right? And these are his words. I don't really have a 2 a.m. guy. I don't have a 3 a.m. guy. And so for that type of a scenario, a lot of people kind of have words around that now. They're they're talking about their foxhole. And I'll even talk about guys in my foxhole. There's a couple of guys that have listened to my episode and they're like, wait a minute, Kyle, like, you said I was in your foxhole, but then whenever I looked at the the things that you said in the episode and I went down the list, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I check any of those boxes. And it's led to some really productive conversations with these guys, you know, productive conversations about this is why I included you in my foxhole. This is why, even though you don't click that particular box, why I still consider you a member of it. Right. But then there's other guys that have made substantive life changes just in that little time period because they're like, oh crap. Like I'm not just existing in this life, just kind of floating around, bumping up against other people. Like there are people that are looking at my life and looking at their relationship with me and their friendship with me in a different light. They're, they're thinking about it with different terminology and they're thinking about it with this deeper level of depth than what I was even aware of. And so I'm going to start taking this seriously. And so again, like I said, I I went on a little bit farther than I thought I would talking about that podcast, but I'm just ecstatic that you guys liked uh, the information. I'm just ecstatic that you've been able to apply it. And guys, if there's anything that I can do to assist with any of that in the future, please, please let me know. But today, let's go ahead and get into today's content. This episode is called Chick-fil-A is Chicken (laughs) because they're chicken. So here's the deal. There was an article that came out 
on November the 18th. And it came, it was an exclusive with BizNow. That's B-I-S-N-O-W, BizNow. And the article was entitled, Exclusive, Chick-fil-A to Stop Donations to Charities with Anti-LGBT Views. Okay? So I did not see the article before I saw a lot of other people talking about it. And certainly by the time this podcast gets to you, I'm sure you've at least heard about this. But I want to go ahead and read to you the first section of this article. Just It's like the first third or first half of this article, because this will kind of give you the context of what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm reading directly from the BizNow article, Chick-fil-A to Stop Donations to Charities with Anti-LGBT Views. Here we go. As Chick-fil-A expands globally and into more liberal parts of the United States, the chicken chain plans to change which charities it donates to after years of bad press and protests from the LGBT community. Beginning next year, Chick-fil-A will move away from its current philanthropic structure, BizNow has learned. After donating to more than 300 charitable organizations this year, the Atlanta-based fast food chain will instead focus on three initiatives with one accompanying charity each, education, homelessness, and hunger. There's no question we know that, as we go into new markets, we need to be clear about who we are, Chick-fil-A President and Chief Operating Officer Tim Tassipulo said in an interview with BizNow. There are lots of articles and newscasts about Chick-fil-A, and we thought we needed to be clear about our message. The new initiative will no longer include donating to organizations like the Salvation Army, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the Paul Anderson Youth Home, Chick-fil-A says, all of which sparked criticism from the past from from the LGBT community due to the organization's stances on homosexuality. The move comes after several U.S. airports rejected the company from concessions deals earlier this year. More recently, the landlord of the first Chick-fil-A in the U.K. announced eight days into its lease the pop-up venue would not be welcome to extend, all because of the company's perceived anti-LGBT stance. The company is also months from operating its first location in Boston, where the late Mayor Thomas Menino pledged to ban the company from opening within city limits after Chick-fil-A CEO Dan Cathy voiced his opposition to gay marriage in 2012. Starting next year, the Chick-fil-A Foundation plans to give $9 million to organizations like Junior Achievement USA to support education, Covenant House International to fight homelessness, and community food banks for its hunger initiative in each city where the chain operates. The company intends to dedicate $25,000 to a local food bank each time it opens a new location. This provides more focus and more clarity, Tassipulo said. We think education, hunger, and homelessness are critical issues in communities where we do business in the U.S. So there's obviously more to that article. It gets some into some of the history and some of the things that they've done, some other things that they've done within the, the charitable sphere and all those different things. But there's been a lot of reaction to this news. Right. And there's a lot of reaction in a lot of different ways. And before we get into too many of those different reactions, there's several interesting notes that I want to bring to your attention just from that beginning part of that article. Again, that's just like the first half of the article. So here's a few of the notes that I kind of picked out as I was reading through and they just caught me a little bit askew. The first is just the title. Chick-fil-A to stop donations to charities with anti-LGBT views. Okay. So according to a lot of people, the Salvation Army the FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the Paul Anderson Youth Home, they're anti-LGBT. So basically what they're saying is that anti-LGBT is is not something that we can have, not something that we can support, but in modern times, in modern vernacular, if you hold to Christian doctrine and Christian teaching, which elements of the Salvation Army, the FCA, and the Paul Anderson Youth Home do, then you are via fiat, anti-LGBT. So that's what we're learning just from the title. So even in the title, you're already getting these little hints as to where the direction of all this that's going, right? Just from the title. 
The next interesting note that I saw is that this views, it views that, that Chick-fil-A is hostile towards LGBT people. Like if you have that view, that's typically coming from the LGBT activists. Because you, you see the word hostility use or, or violence or something like that. These are LGBT activists that are saying that about Chick-fil-A. But these LGBT activists, they actually have a stake in their being hostilities, do they not? Because they have nothing to scream about if they can't point at somebody and be like, ah, they're anti-LGBT, right? Which is interesting to me because when you talk to people that are actually in one of those letter categories, L, G, B, or T, they don't like being lumped in together. You've heard comedians talk about this, but if you if you know someone that's in that type of thing, they don't think that they should all be grouped into the same category. That they don't all necessarily agree with how the others act. They don't all necessarily agree with how these people approach things. But the thing that's that's interesting is that just about everybody that's coming out um, against Chick Fil A or has for the last several years, these are people that have a stake in the outcome. Another interesting thing is this: is so. This just really caught me kind of funny. It's like, okay, they're telling us that they're going to focus more on education, homelessness, and hunger. And Chick-fil-A is going to do that, apparently, by stopping donations to organizations that help with education, homelessness, and hunger. Now, what you might be thinking is, oh, they're just streamlining, Kyle. They were giving money to 300 different organizations last year. Now they're just going to put all their money into these three things, education, homelessness, and hunger. But the thing about that is, is that's not terribly specific. I, I would agree that those are three of the things that are the biggest blights on any society. If, if you don't have ag- adequate education, if you've got a homelessness issue, if there's hunger, like it's kind of hard to re- really build anything as a society if your people are hungry. I'm not really talking trash about the things that they've decided to go towards. But the idea that they're going to do that by not giving to organizations that do those specific things is a little bit dubious to me. So the Salvation Army specifically, that is an organization that has a tremendously long record of being able to help people, right? And so instead of donating to them, they're going to be donating to other charities. And I'm not saying anything bad about Junior Achievement or, or any of the other charities. I'm sure those charities are fine or, or just as good as any other charity. But it's interesting that they're stopping giving money to those organizations that are explicitly doing the things that they say they're wanting to focus on now. Another thing I thought that was a little bit interesting is I thought about that UK landlord, right? So this landlord that, you know, eight days into this pop-up shop, they all of a sudden come out and they're like, Oh, we just can't have Chick-fil-A stay here. There's really only one of two potentials uh, about what happened in that situation. The first is that it was a farce from the beginning that that shop in the UK was never supposed to work out, that it was a setup from the beginning, right? That this is just an entity that is just doing their best to, to virtue signal or something like that. Like, like who knows? I'm going to say that that's not terribly likely though, because that's just, that's a really expensive thing to do to help to set up a restaurant in your area or in your building only to prove a political point. I, I don't know that that's necessarily likely, but it could happen. The second potential is that he, she, they, whoever owns the building, they're just cowards, right? They got a little bit of bad press. They had a few friends that maybe wouldn't return their texts as quickly or at all because they would dare to have a business come into their building to do business for the community. Now, I would say that that's probably likely that these people just kind of cowered. And I, and I know that in the UK, there were people that were picketing outside of this Chick-fil-A and all those types of things. But I know that these people don't have jobs, these people that are standing outside with signs, but eventually they will go away. 
when they realize that you're not going to go anywhere, that you're not going to change what you're going to do because they're screaming and, you know, they're holding up signs where you know, half the words are misspelled, that that's not really something that's that they're going to stick with, right? Like, it doesn't matter how much steel you have in you, like, you're just not going to do that after a certain degree. And the last thing I wanted to point out from that little bit of that article is that this is just the ultimate virtue signaling and an example of the cancel culture, specifically the Boston mayor who wants to ban the sale of chicken sandwiches in Boston because of the words of a CEO spoke seven years ago, right? He wants to ban Chick-fil-A and their entire restaurant because, oh, the CEO said something in public that I disagreed with seven years ago. Oh gosh, it's just so woke of you, Right. Oh my gosh, that's great. And I'm sure the people of Boston are just like, yeah, man, we were so worried about the violence that would be brought to our community if Chick-fil-A brought their specific brand of chicken sandwiches with pickles, which is gross, by the way, leave the pickles off my sandwich. But that was going to be like some sort of like face melting, you know, otherworldly type of thing that Chick-fil-A is going to be in Boston. Is that what of all the things that you could fight? Of all the things that you could try and change from the mayoral house, that's the thing you were concerned about? We don't want bigoted chicken in our city? Gosh, it's just, he's so tough. He's such a tough guy. Like, ah, we won't have them in in here. But the thing that's interesting about this topic, and and I, you know, I'm kind of remembering a little bit late into the story, there's some of you listening to this right now that maybe you don't live in the United States. I know there's a lot of guys that listen to this that aren't in the U.S., and maybe you don't kind of know where this whole Chick-fil-A drama stems from. Maybe you've never even heard of Chick-fil-A. But I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of context as to when this whole thing started, when this whole uh, Chick-fil-A is anti-LGBT thing started. And it really started with a uh, with some public comments that the the president at the time and COO of Chick-fil-A, Dan Cathy, said on the Ken Coleman show. So this was a show where it was released on June 16th of 2012, so over seven years ago. But I want to actually play for you the clip from that interview. The audio is not great. Um, <clears throat> there's just not really great audio. I, I can't I can't exactly understand why there's not better audio of this but if you're listening to this at two times speed or something like that you might slow it down so you can actually hear it a little bit but it's just a, a couple few minutes or something like that clip from the ken coleman show so here it is you have a great leadership culture that you're specifically focused on within Chick-fil-A. As you look at the crisis of fatherlessness that we have in this country, uh, I wanted you to weigh in on that. I think it's important for us to hear from you. Uh, what can we be doing as a country uh, to be focusing on this growing problem? As, a, as an employer, first off, just from that perspective, uh, I see it's a real crisis in the sense that there is a certain amount of emotional DNA. There's physical DNA, obviously, that comes from a, from from the, the dad and also from the mom. But beyond that, there's there's some essential emotional DNA that God intended for us to get from a mother and a dad that we observe over life as children, as infants, even growing up, that we can only get from our dad and we only get it from our mother. And, and we're to get it in, in a home dynamic environment where they're interrelating together to build the stability and the self-esteem that God wants us to have to get through our teenage years. Now, when we don't have one side or the other, you know, I just have to tell you, I think we're we're just emotionally handicapped. doesn't mean we can't survive and, and have a happy life, but it means that we, we're going to have, uh, you know, some odds stacked against us. And hopefully there could be somebody that intervenes to help make that up for us. Mm. But um, to have so many people of today that are growing up in, in homes where they don't have a mom and dad, I'll tell you as an employer, 
uh, it makes it that much more difficult for us because we sometimes have to actually have to have a parenting role. As it relates to society in general, uh, I think we're inviting God's judgment on our nation when we shake our fist at him and say, you know, we know better than you as to what constitutes a marriage. And uh, I pray God's mercy on our generation that has such a, a prideful, arrogant attitude to think that we would have the audacity to try to redefine what marriage is all about. So those were the big comments I kind of made, all the kerfuffle with everybody, got everybody up in a tizzy, and you might be thinking to yourself, was that it? Well, that's not exactly it that he said, but it's not exactly like it gets worse. Uh, about a month later, on July 2nd of the same year, 2012, the Biblical Recorder published an interview where he was basically asked about his company, you know, about Chick-fil-A's support of the traditional family. And, you know, basically he said, yep, I'm guilty as charged. And in the same interview, he went on to say this, quote, We are very much supportive of the family, the biblical definition of the family unit. We are a family-owned business, a family-led business, and we are married to our first wives. We give God thanks for that. We want to do anything we possibly can to strengthen families. We are very much committed to that. We intend to stay the course. We know that it might not be popular with everybody, but thank the Lord we live in a country where we can share our values and operate on biblical principles. Um, and also, Dan Cathy, uh, the day after the Supreme Court of the United States struck down Section 3 of the Defense of Marriage Act, he actually tweeted this. It said, Sad day for our nation. Founding fathers would be ashamed of our generation to abandon wisdom of the ages uh, regarding cornerstone of strong societies. Uh, he later deleted the tweet, which here's a bro tip. Don't ever delete your tweets. Like just let, just live with it. You know, think before you send something out there and just live with it. But the thing about it is, is after listening to that clip, after hearing me read his quote from the biblical record, uh, that he was interviewed, biblical recorder that he was uh, interviewed in and reading that tweet, what exactly was wrong with his comments? Because the thing that I neglected to see in those comments, and it's not as if I'm hiding context from you guys, you know, I'm not going to do that to you. Not on this show. But what what was the issue? Like, where did he say that, you know what? Not only do I hate all LGBT people, we should kill them. Like, where did he say that? Like, what what was the context there that was so unpalatable? Like, it was just undigestible that he would be able to say these things. Like, we can't let these things stand. That was basically it. That's what created all this hubbub, right? And the thing that's interesting about that is it hasn't stopped since 2012. Every year, there's kind of Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day. I don't know what day of the year it is, but I know that at the time, after all this stuff went down, all these people were basically picketing outside of Chick-fil-A, saying, oh, what a hateful company. How dare they just support families? They got to be inclusive of everybody, blah, 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 all these different things. Mike Huckabee, who I believe at the time was the governor of the state of Arkansas, he decided that he was going to do a Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day, kind of like a counter protest. So like, hey, you want to sit there with your signs and yell? Fine. We'll get cars, uh, people that'll be like parked or they'll they'll be in line all the way around the block to support this this company. And basically uh, the religious people and the people from the right really came out to support this organization and say, I'm in support of the typical marriage or the typical family unit as well. Like that's what we think is the best thing. That's what all the statistics point to is what's best for a kid is to grow up in a mother and father household where they love each other and it's their first marriage and all those different things. But the thing about what Chick-fil-A is doing now is they seem to be trying to do a little bit of revisionist history uh, with, with some of these things. They seem to be trying to go a different direction. They're trying to put a different flag in the ground, but what they think they're, what they think they're accomplishing with this is not exactly what they are accomplishing with this move. And there's a lot of different ways that I mean that. So the first one that I came up with is like, they think that they're clearing up their message, right? But actually they're muddying the waters. 
So that's what you hear throughout everything that they're talking about in the in those short things uh, by the current COO of Chick-fil-A is that, oh, well, we're just clearing up our message. But as I just told you from the beginning, it's like, okay, you want to support you know education, homelessness, and hunger by not giving to organizations that help with those things. That's not clearing up your message at all, right? You think that you're taking it down and you're making it more streamlined. That's not actually what you're doing. Also, they think that they're muzzling the LGBT rage mob, but actually they will never be silenced. This group will never be silenced. Okay. So no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter what organizations you say you're going to give to, let's say that they, they weren't giving to the organizations that they specified. Let's say they were only going to focus on three different charities and all of them were LGBT charities. Do you think that that's going to silence these people? Like you got to be smarter than that. Also, they think that they're actively welcoming in everybody with open arms with this latest statement. But actually what they're doing is they're alienating the people that stood by them and made them one of the biggest restaurant chains in the world so that they could quote unquote, be clear about who we are. Right? So that's the thing that I know about a lot of people. Cause, cause here's the thing is during this whole thing in 2012, like I, I was never really a frequenter of Chick-fil-A. Their food's fine. It is what it is. It's just a fast food restaurant to me. I didn't think that they were, you know, on the cutting edge, you know, fighting for my rights or anything like that. But there were people that like got up in arms that anybody would challenge Chick-fil-A and Chick-fil-A just, you know, they went, they went to the stratosphere as a company because they just kind of stood up and said, no, we're we're defending the traditional family. And there were droves of people that were behind them. Right. And since then, you know, if you've got a few options in the town, but Chick-fil-A is one of them, this family goes to Chick-fil-A. You've got people like that. You've got families like that. We're going to support Chick-fil-A because they've got our interests at heart. And this makes you turn, this is you turning your back on them. These are the people that were there for you. These are the people that were taking pictures outside of Chick-fil-A and getting destroyed by their super woke lefty friends on Facebook, but they don't care. They're like, it's a chicken sandwich. I like it. I like this company. I'm going to support them. And now you think, oh, we're going to welcome everybody now. That's not exactly what you're doing. In addition, in addition to all that, they think that they can just blend in with other companies now, right? Chick-fil-A with this, they think that their personal beliefs can be separate from their businesses, but actually that can't work if you're on the Christian right. Because here's the thing, left-leaning companies or companies that are ran by left-leaning people, they are being forced to engage with controversial ideas in public. And they have those points of view be basically established as of the company. Like we are a company that supports this, like Nike coming out with all the Colin Kaepernick stuff. And like, they're basically putting their flag in the ground saying, this is the company that we're going to be. Here are the issues that we're going to talk about. You've got Dick Sporting Goods saying they're not going to sell guns anymore because that's going to make a difference. Like that, that's just kind of what they do. And they're considered brave, right? When they do this, when these lefty companies or companies that are ran by lefties, when they do these things and make these public declarations, they are, oh my gosh, all the blue checkmark people on Twitter are like, yay, you're so brave. It's so awesome. But the thing is, is when someone on on the Christian side of the aisle or on the right leaning side of the aisle or a company that is owned by right leaning or Christian people, it's bigotry. How dare you stand up for the traditional family? Why do you hate gay people? It's like, that's what you got? for standing up for the statistical reality that when a kid grows up in a family with a present father and a present mother, and they are biological to that child, that all of the benefits of that go up significantly. Like that's, that's bigotry now. Here's another thing that Chick-fil-A thinks that they're doing. They think that this will lead to higher sales, right? And actually they might be, they might be right, but they might not be right as well. The thing is, is in 2001, 
Okay. They became a billion dollar company. They had a billion dollars in sales that year, right? In 2013, this was the year after all of this stuff that went down. This is on the heels of the controversy. They passed $5 billion in sales. In 2019, they eclipsed $10.5 billion in sales, making them the third biggest restaurant chain, like fast food chain, grossing. Like they're only behind McDonald's and Starbucks. They're about, you know, half of what Starbucks is and about a quarter of what McDonald's is, but they're in the top three. A lot of that is because of what Dan Cathy said back in 2012. And so what they think now is like, okay, well, if this company's going to continue to grow, we got to make sure that the people in Boston are happy with us and the people in the UK are happy with us. But this might not work out for them. Because the thing is, is that you know about people that are, that are Christians or maybe people that are on the right is like, just don't cross us. That's what I tell people a lot about my personal personality is like, I'm going to be the best friend you could possibly have. I'm going to be the most dedicated person to our friendship and all those different things until you cross me. When you cross me, I'm done with you. There are 7 billion people on this planet and you're just one of them. Okay. You're important. You're made in the image of God. You have the Imago Dei, but I don't have time for you anymore. I feel like a lot of people are going to feel spurned by Chick-fil-A because of what they're doing here. I think they thought they could just slide this in. No big deal. And and maybe I'm off my rocker. Like I, I'm not exactly guessing one way or another, but they think this will lead to higher sales. And, and I'm just not so sure. I'm not so convinced. The other thing is that they think that this is brave. All these, you know, smarties in Atlanta got around the table and said, you know, we're going to do this. This is brave. But in actuality, this is cowardly. This is them succumbing to the rage mob, right? Because they also think that they're culture warriors now, Right. That, that they can do this thing now. They can basically fold to the LGBT rage mob and that's going to be okay. And the thing about it is, is the actually, in actuality, they're right. They think they're culture warriors and they are. And this is a separate point and I won't go too far down this rabbit troll, but as sad as it is to admit this, Chick-fil-A, a company that makes pretty good chicken sandwiches, they're our modern day culture warriors. Let's assume they didn't do this move. Let's assume that they didn't make these changes since 2012, right? And certainly this year. Let's say they didn't do any of those things. They're the people that are out there saying, we stand for the traditional family. But where are the churches and pastors saying the same thing? Outside of their pulpits. Outside of their sanctuaries. Where are the megachurch pastors that every time there's a big thing that comes up, whether it's, you know, guns or, or racial relations or LGBT stuff or anything happening in government, where are they at? They're typically hiding behind their iPad, doing their next TED talk with a few Bible verses sprinkled in. That's, that's where our megachurch pastors are typically. They're not, they're not helping their flocks understand these things. And so you have a guy who is, I think, second or third generation chicken dude that comes out and says, yeah, you know, we're in defense of, of the, of the family. And I, and I know in, in, in recent interviews, he said that he, he has regretted, you know, getting his company, you know, caught up in all that. But what he said from the beginning was right. Is that the people at his company, they're committed to the traditional family, not to the detriment of anybody else and not to the hatred of anybody else. When the Pulse nightclub shooting happened down in Orlando, Chick-fil-A was there handing out food to victims right? Or, or people that were there in there that in the, the club that night. Remember that Pulse was a gay nightclub, right? There have been times when, you know, you know, Chick-fil-A is famously closed on Sundays where they've opened their doors on Sundays to help hurricane victims, right? Like this is a company that has a tremendous amount of heart, but they shouldn't be on the front lines fighting these culture wars. 
It's because we have a bunch of effeminate pastors that don't want to make anyone mad or, you know, piss off the people that are paying their salary. And so they're just going to let a chicken sandwich company do it for them. But to switch gears just a little bit here, the thing that might be interesting for some of you to know is that Chick-fil-A actually caved on this issue a long time ago. Guys, as far back as 2012, Chick-fil-A had stopped donating to groups that the LGBT rage mob had deemed hostile towards them. So this is not breaking news, really, right? It might seem like it is, but if you've been paying attention to this story, Chick-fil-A had already been, been doing this. You know, people, they expressed all of this, this angst and, you know, oh, sh- public shame for Chick-fil-A. And so they started acquiescing to the rage mob back in 2012. This has been a slow bleed, right? Last week should not have been breaking news to you. But guys, what this all comes down to, and this, this really shouldn't be a surprise to you at all. This all comes down to money. Every last bit of this comes down to money in just about everything on this planet, everything that is corrupt, everything that is sinful, almost all of it comes down to money. Perhaps that's why money was talked about so much in the New Testament. When you uh, look at your red letters there, money is mentioned quite a bit. I mean, just go, go back to the article. We have the quote from the COO. There's no question we know that as we go into new markets, we need to be clear about who we are. There's a lot of articles and newscasts about Chick-fil-A and we thought we needed to be clear about our message. That's the COO, right? Tim Tassipoulos. That's the guy, right? What's he saying there? He's not basically saying, oh, we had really unclear branding before this and we were uh, getting a lot of confusion about our brand message. So we're going to be more clear about our brand message. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. The biggest thing is here is as we go into new markets, basically, as we come out of the South, as we come out of the Midwest, as we go to more of the coastal areas where we have our coastal elites and a lot of people that are lefties, we want as few people outside holding up negative signs and, you know, posting about us on Facebook and Twitter as possible. This is all about money. They've gone from, you know, in about less than 20 years, they've gone from a $1 billion company to a $10.5 billion company when it comes to sales. And they want to go, they, they want to get, get to Starbucks level. They want 20 million a year in sales. They want to get to McDonald's level. They want 40 million in sales, right? That's what they want. That's what this is all about. They think they're going to accomplish that doing this. And I'm just not terribly convinced, but guys, there is kind of a main point here. It's taking me a half hour to get there, but there, there is a main point here and that's, you can't ever cave into the rage mob. You just cannot do it. Because here's the thing is after this article came out right from BizNow last week, you would have expected a wave of forgiveness from the rage mob to Chick-fil-A. Wouldn't you? You would have expected some apologies for things said or actions done or, man, maybe I shouldn't have held that sign outside your door. I'm so sorry. You know, that was a little bit much. I'm glad my point got across. You know, you would have expected some tweets from blue checkmark people on Twitter, praising the news, praising the move by Chick-fil-A to do these things. You know what we got instead? Silence, mainly. From all these people with all this angst and all this anger and all this judgment on Chick-fil-A, we got nothing. And when there wasn't silence, there was continued condemnation for past sins, right? Now, they wouldn't categorize them as sins, but that's exactly what they're doing. Because the point is, is there's no forgiveness of sins from the rage mob. There will never be forgiveness. There will never be grace. 
And so these companies that that basically fall on their knees and beg for forgiveness, it's like, have y'all not seen how this plays out? Because even when you say you're sorry, you still get canceled, right? There's very few people that have made it through the rage mob unscathed, right? Because if you do things that are deemed by them to be so otherworldly, to be so abhorrent, you're never going to be able to be on the good side ever again. And this is a lesson for us, guys. This all comes down to us in our individual lives because most of the guys listening to this don't have a company that sells $10 billion worth of chicken sandwiches a year, okay? The lesson for us is stick to your guns. Stick to your guns. So I'm reminded of a Jordan Peterson quote. He, he said multiple times, and I'm not going to quote it exactly. I'll just give you the gist of it. But Jordan Peterson, every time he farts or sneezes, basically it's, you know, it's in the news. And, oh my gosh, Jordan Peterson, he's all right because he farted on stage or something like that. It's, it's one of those deals. But what he says is anytime that he's caught up in some sort of a, you know, rage mob situation or some sort of a controversy, he says, yeah, just wait a couple of weeks. They'll move on. They won't forget about it because again, there, there's no forgiveness or grace with those people, but they'll move on and you move on too. Don't ever apologize. Now, the thing I would say to that quote is if you've done something wrong that requires an apology, albeit a public apology, then do that, right? It's right to do that. But if you say something, especially something that is grounded in Judeo-Christian beliefs and ethics, right? That is biblically based and people just don't like it and they demand your apology, tell them to stick it in their ear. Or, or say nothing. Let them do their flaming. Let them, you know, leave the 10 paragraph response on your Facebook post. Let them do all those things, right? Stick to your guns. Now, that is not licensed to be a dickhead. That is not licensed to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to get in people's faces because Kyle said so. He said, stick to your guns. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're in the right and you've got the Bible and you've got, you've got the, the spoken word of God backing you up, don't back down. But have a conversation with people. Don't just argue at the person. You know, describe what you're saying and what you believe to them. If, if they're a beer person, take them for a beer. If they're a breakfast person, take them to, for some hash browns. But get them sat down and try to explain yourself to these people. But don't feel the need to defend yourself that much. But do explain yourself. I think that's helpful. Anytime that we can aid in conversation with these people and get people to actually understand our belief system, you're giving another opportunity for these people to see the gospel and see Christ. And so the thing is, is when you capitulate and whenever you, you basically ask for forgiveness and you do what Chick-fil-A is doing now, no one sees that as strong. Like, like everybody wants a flag to look to. And most of us can't look at our effeminate pastors and be like, yeah, I'm going to follow that guy. So people were following a chicken sandwich. And so in your personal life and the things that you're doing, be the person that people can attach themselves to the person that they can anchor to, right? Because you're so steely in your demeanor and the things that you're able to do. And the thing about it is guys, is you can't even be that guy if you don't have a good scriptural foundation and scriptural basis. So make sure you're in the word, make sure you're surrounded by guys that are also in the word. And when some of these things come up, you know, I've talked about guys whenever they've got new sex ed stuff in schools and they've got, you know, tranny story hour down at the library, they got all these different things. Those are the times when you need to stick with you, stick to your guns because no one else is going to be the sheepdog in those situations. 
Alright guys, before we let you go, we will do a quick resilience boost. As you know by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And specifically, we would do that by providing content that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today, I've just got the article for you for uh, the Chick-fil-A BizNow article. So it's Chick-fil-A to stop donations to charities with anti-LGBT views because I want you guys to make sure that you read the rest of that so you can get the remainder of that context. Alright guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Google Play and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve five-star review, that is how this podcast is going to continue to grow. Please leave us five stars and a few sentences letting us know why you like the material. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the entirety of 2020, so if you want me to come speak on your podcast, to your men's group, at your camp, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. The email is info at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the Uversion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. The links to all of this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. Judah.